can't hand you a business plan, but we can make you business wise. So sit back and learn to make stacks with the octopus of enterprise. Hi, Diana here, and today you find me, wait for it, at the deck. What can I say? I'm such a fan. You know I can't promote the wonders of our fantastic Dryden Enterprise Centre and our fabulous team enough. However, I have worked in some other great spaces and places over the years, from a castle, a country house and a windmill as a museum's educator, to schools, galleries and, back in my youth, a wheat field. And interestingly enough, since coming to NTU as an undergraduate, fine art, if you needed to know, I find myself back at my alma mater, helping people to start up, grow, scale up and innovate in business, or even just inspire them into enterprise. You could say my career journey has gone very much full circle, which got me thinking about the life cycle of a business, in particular, the cycle around finance. So I got together with a finance and money expert to talk about this, and this is what she had to say. So today I want to talk about finance, different stages of finance, finance now for you and your business, finance around the corner, future finance, or maybe what we're talking about is the life cycle of finance. And who better to discuss this with than Leckie Presley, Chartered Financial Planner. Welcome Leckie, welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you, Diana. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, we were recording this in July and we have just had unprecedented hot weather to the point where I felt like I was being fried alive on Tuesday when I was working from home and um, had to lie on the kitchen floor at one point because that was the coolest spot, taking a tip from the dog. Um, how have you survived? Have you melted? I have been very lucky and managed to arrange all my meetings in an air-conditioned office. <laughs> Everyone was quite willing to come in for some reason. It was, uh, yeah. So uh, it has been not too bad, only the hot nights for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But I have to say, our building, the Dryden Enterprise Centre, on Monday, um, it is a sustainably built building and it managed really well to regulate its temperature. So there was a point at which I said, oh, I might just pop out for a bit of fresh air. And I stepped outside and felt like I was in a fan oven. So it was obviously <laughs> doing its job right. <laughs> anyway, enough of the weather, on to the topic for today. But before we do talk financial planning and all of the fantastic things we've got to explore in that area, I just want to hear a little bit about how you got where you are, Lecky. Okay. Um, well, I got into financial planning because of my father. My father was a financial planner he always wanted me to join and take over his business. And I was, you know, typical when I was at university. No, I don't want to do that. I'm not like you. That's boring. I want to go and do something arty. So I went and did my own thing and unfortunately realised that he was right. <laughs> <laughs> so in your household, did you have all of the sort of pocket money and managing your finances and all of that from a very early age with a financial planner father? Yes, <laughs> the answer to that. Every job I had encouraged me to put into a pension and to save money, save a percentage of my salary. Um, so it has always been in me. Yeah, I mean, I remember my parents um, very much had that sort of financial planning thing in and, and pocket money and like understanding finance from an early age. But in many people's lives and actually uh, 
I dare say it, in some creatives' lives, it's mm. sort of something that feels like, oh, it's a bit boring and you don't need to really think about it. Um, speaking as a creative myself, those yeah. people who are now shouting at me for, <laughs> for making such stereotypical assumptions. Um, and, and, and maybe we, we almost talk ourselves out of understanding finance and, and, and also who are so scared of it, we ignore it completely agree it can be a very scary topic and some people don't like to talk about it and some people find it very private or they don't understand it so they're worried to talk about it uh, and I, I do find that quite a lot and um, it's something that isn't scary and it can be talked about simply and I think the more you talk about it with friends and family the less of a sort of taboo there is around finance. Yeah. And so your dad was the mm -hmm. inspiration and he turned out to be right, which is a bit galling, passed on that knowledge of finance and later the business. Tell us about that. Really yeah. interesting story. So I um, finally realised that he, he was right, although I still haven't told him that. And it's something that I've obviously... It's out there wanted. now. Yeah, well, I won't let him listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I decided that's you know what I wanted to do because I absolutely love working with people um I love problem solving um and I thought actually it's a perfect marriage um my dad was coming to retirement so I retrained and um the rest is history and it's been an absolutely amazing process amazing process for my dad's clients because they've known about me my whole life uh well I was about seven when uh, he started his business and it's been such a lovely transition for the clients because we have the same kind of ethos um and it's that kind of real cyclical uh you know you're talking about the life cycle of finance that's what's happened with us and it's been such a, a lovely transition for my clients that were my dad's clients before so effectively you're the the succession plan for the business which is Correct. something that I suppose every business particularly small businesses should think about when considering the life cycle of their business. Yes so a lot of my clients now dad took on at their early stages of their financial cycle so they're coming to retirement so I'm kind of seeing them through to the end and passing it on to the next generation so it's it's all these little cycles that work together but in terms of when we're looking at a business as you were saying it's really thinking about that plan and thinking about that financial planning and what is the succession plan is it that you have someone else that is going to take over the business or is it that you want to sell the business and if you want to sell the business you've got a whole new financial <laughs> situation and how can that be passed on as well that is fascinating so we've touched on passing on your finances to future generations what about building those finances through the generations and by that I mean what are the different stages I suppose a person has to take concerning their finances when working owning a business so in terms of the financial stages of life you have when you're starting out so you've got your first job you're trying to save maybe for a house so you're looking at mortgages and you haven't got a lot of spare cash. Everything's going into trying to buy a house usually, <laughs> which is taking a lot longer now than it ever used to. Um, so that's kind of your first stages. And that's the first part of that intergenerational planning and passing on and keeping it in the family, keeping that wealth in the family is gifting. 
then you have got your house you're sort of settled you've probably got promotions in your career you maybe want to start and have a family this is the kind of part where you're building your wealth and then it comes to what options have we got how can we reduce working and spend our wealth um so they're the kind of main stages and then it comes back around to right how can I pass this on to the next generation, which comes back around in this sort of cyclical financial plan. So taking those stages one at a time, yeah. particularly since I'm thinking back to my early career and I wasn't an employee. And, you know, when we're talking about being a self-employed sole trader, I remember just like scraping enough money to pay for my studio at the time because I was making creative things and, and doing creative education work. Um, and I didn't really have time to think about any of those and not even saving for a house. I was just like paying the bills because I was at that early startup stage. Yeah. So I guess what advice would you give to me if I was doing yeah. that now? Because nobody gave me that advice. Yeah, the advice I would give is it's all about habit forming. Start a habit when you're younger and just a percentage of your salary that goes into a pension. And this is why auto-enrolment, which has been introduced in the past few years, has been a real help to people to get into that habit of saving. And pensions are like, yeah. you're at this early stage of your life, the yeah. last thing you think about is pensions. Certainly that was the case when I set up my first business. It's very, very true. Very true. It's something that you think, well, that's, you know, when I'm 65, so, you know, whenever I'm going to retire, probably more like 70, 75 for the younger generations. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's something that's so far away that I don't need to plan it. But actually, the little bit that you can do and add from an early age, you will be so grateful because what it does is give you choices. It gives you choices at a later stage in your life. And that's basically what financial planning does. Okay, that's a really important point. So we're not talking about projecting into a future where I'm in a rocking chair with me knitting or, you know, other people might be, you know, have this image of retirement and pensions as pipe and slippers. Choices mean people that I know who have stopped working and are starting doing things that perhaps they've always wanted to do and haven't managed to do they're living their lives in the way that they want to so that's really important so pension wise if you're an employee there's auto enrollment you get signed up for a pension scheme and that's kind of taken care of and you you don't really miss it because it's coming out of your salary the difficulty when you're self-employed is that you have to consciously make that decision and take advice and get that thing happening and yeah. I guess when you talked about, you know, forming a habit, perhaps the habit I should have had when I was running my studio and doing printing is not the habit of buying really nice, interesting printing ink, um, which often sat on the shelf because it was a shiny new printing ink that I got excited about buying yeah. <laughs> or or stationery. I had a bit of a stationery habit as well at that time. Um, but just a, a little bit of something into a pension pot. So where do you go for that kind of advice and help? So financial planners are, are a brilliant place to start. I mean, I advise clients on a personal basis and also for their business because it's all part of the same thing. It's, it's very interconnected, your business life and your personal life. It's quite Indeed. different from when you're employed. Yeah. When you're self-employed and you're building a business, it's part of you. It's your baby. You're growing it and building it and you put so much effort into it and so much love and care. It's really important to take a, a step 
back and think, well, I've got to make it work for me and my family as well. It's got to be reciprocal. And honestly, I think people are scared of pensions. They think they're complicated and they're uh, boring. A lot of people think they're boring as well. Like, oh, no, you know, that's really dull. But actually, I love pensions. You can use them in so many ways. And if you are self-employed, they are so tax efficient, so tax efficient. I mean, they're tax efficient for everybody. And also, I think it's worth mentioning, alongside planning your pension, there are other financial considerations that you need to think about when you're it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're an employee, then, you know, if you're sick, you still get paid. If you're on holiday, you still get paid. Stuff happens, doesn't it? There is a sort of security blanket, if you like, when you're an employee. How do you find those securities when you're self-employed? Yeah, you definitely do get a lot more benefits um, and support as an employee. Um, not always as many as you think, so it's important to look at those. But when you're self-employed, you have to think about all of that yourself. Um, so, for instance, what if you're sick and can't work? When it's your own business, the business might not carry on if it's just you in the business. <laughs> so it's looking at cover for what happens in that instance. And even more so with um, females, it tends to be the woman that is the caregiver of the children. What impact does that have? And it's important to look at the financial impact of that as well. So for me, when I had my son, I was self-employed, but I was also a student at the same time. And, yeah. you know, people make the assumption about maternity leave and maternity pay. That yeah. comes from being an employee. When you're self-employed, you get some statutory maternity pay, but it's a very small amount for a very short time. So yeah. that needs to be planned and thought about. Um, and sometimes you can do some planning, but actually there are surprise things that happen to you. So Yes, there's always surprises. And, and that's why planning is so important um, but when we're looking at women there and the, and the differences yeah. um, if we're looking at pensions there's about a 17% gap between male and female at the start of their career and as that goes through to retirement age the gap is 56% currently that was as of last year that was research done wow. by L&G in 2021 so that is a massive difference from the start of a career to the end of a career and there's various factors that impact on that but one being that women tend to take time out. So they've missed out on that point of being able to pay into a pension. So I don't know about you, but whilst having this conversation constantly on repeat in my head is Elton John's The Circle of Life. Um, <laughs> because like you said, it's very much a constant process, planning, implementing that, beginning of your career, then you come full circle towards the end of your career. So we've come back to pensions, but now in the sense of accessing them. And like I said before, for some, the word retirement means doing absolutely nothing, uh, relaxing in their rocking chair. But for others, it's perhaps a chance to do something different, maybe a passion project, part-time role. So I know for producer Henry, firstly, she can't wait to retire and she's only 25. <laughs> But her plan is either to have a small seaside cafe, hey, I'm with you on that one, um, or breed a bunch of Bichon Frise puppies. So very different and random retiring plans for her. Um, but I guess what I want to ask you, Lecky, what does retirement mean to you? Yeah, I think a lot of people do think like that, that retirement isn't you doing nothing. Retirement is you finishing the career that you've got now and doing something else. 
Um, for me, well, I'm 37 now, so uh, I will be doing this, I think, till I'm probably about 60. <laughs> That's my okay. plan. 55, 60. Um, and if I'm anything like my father, I won't be able to stop and I'll probably do a little bit here and there. I'm, I'm a worker. I like to work yeah. um, and I love my job. Um, so I think I'll just slow down at that time and still be involved, but travel more. Okay, so travel is something you want to do. Yeah. I mean, the freedom yeah. of not, you know, we talk about employees having to sort of keep to a structure, but actually being self-employed or running a business, you do have to make other plans if you want to go on holiday for a long time. So <laughs> it's not all freedom and flexibility when you're self-employed. So traveling, where's a place you haven't been but really want to visit in your Ooh. retirement? Oh, I've got a long list. Um, South America. Okay. Um, Japan. Um, they're, yeah, my, my top ones that I would like to do. But um yeah, that's my plan. And also building a legacy for my children as well. Like we sort of said, it's really important getting that plan. And especially around businesses, if you're looking to uh, pass on your business or sell your business, making that plan and thinking about the next generation and getting the next generation involved. I think that right. is a really important thing. So that is the circle of life very much yeah. isn't it Elton John should be paying us for this kind of promotion um, yeah. <laughs> it has been amazing talking to you Lecky sadly that's all we have time for thank you so much for joining us and giving us all that really in-depth information um, we'll be back with another episode in two weeks time in the meantime don't forget to subscribe like and rate us and let us know what you think but for now I'm Diana Pasek Atkinson and you've been listening to The Octopus of Enterprise Bye. If you're still fearful of finance and what that means for you and your business, why not join NTU Enterprise for their Fight the Fear Facing Your Finances session? Just search NTU Fight the Fear in your web browser or click the link in the description box below to sign up now.